All right. Welcome to another edition of the Blowing Bubbles podcast. In the house today, we have none other than Sharia Livingston, founder of Living Rich. Oh my gosh. Hey, how are Hi. you doing? I'm doing okay. Blessed to be here. Okay. Happy Sunday. Okay. <laughs> we need, what can we do to elevate that okay to an outstanding? I'm gonna need to, I'm gonna need to pump that up. Right. <laughs> Blessed to be here. Blessed to be here. Blessed to be on this um this platform with you today. Awesome. We are honored. Okay, so I know you, but I want you to just tell everybody else out there in Bubble Land who you are and what you do. Okay, so as she said, my name is Sharia Livingston. I actually do a lot of things. However, <laughs> uh, my highlights are I'm a mother to a beautiful 18, soon be 19 year old uh, daughter named Shamaya, who happens to be the co-owner or co-founder of our business, Living Rich. So we own a streetwear apparel brand that is based out of Cleveland, Ohio. However, the goal is to get it worldwide. Uh, my daughter is in Atlanta right now, so she's focused on building the brand out there. Um, I am also a registered nurse. I have been a nurse for 12 years now, primarily um, doing travel nursing, but my focus has always been emergency room nursing. Uh, so I dip and dab into that every now and then now because entrepreneurship is kind of a full-time thing, as you guys know. And then I'm also an educator. So um, building my brand and building my business alongside my daughter, what I learned is that during my journey, I didn't have anybody to kind of guide me in the right direction. Give me some gym, show me, you know, the way. And um, it got me a little bit discouraged sometimes, but I vowed that I would be the opposite, you know, when I got to a certain place that others aspire to be, which inspired me to build Rich Scholars. So that is my platform where I educate. I have a lot of focus more so on the youth um, because had I knew what I know now, you know, when I was much younger, I would be Lord knows where right now. So um, yeah. I try to empower and encourage and inspire and give gems to the youth, but uh, to other entrepreneurs, you know, that may not know what I know and just need help being putting in the right direction. Uh, because I know what it feels like to be trying to build something and there's nobody around to assist you or help you out. Nobody, you know, people are gatekeeping and I vow to not. Yeah, yes. So yes. Um, I created Rich Scholars. So, and I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, you know. <laughs> oh man! So wait a minute. You gave us a you gave us a lot there, and I want to make sure that I dig in and break down all of that. Okay. Okay. So right now you are a registered nurse, primarily travel nursing. You have a business that you and your daughter co-founded, Living Rich, and you yeah. have Rich Scholars, your foundation to give back. Yeah. And you are an educator where you are really, you're out here. I see the things that you're doing and I'm going to try to get into all of them. Oh my gosh. So I'm so proud, but I want to make sure that the people out there don't miss this major, major gem and understand the importance of where you are versus where you came from. Absolutely. So <laughs> um, your daughter is 18, about to be 19. Yes. Do you mind telling everybody how old you are? <laughs> I am. I just turned 36 years old. So if you are a mathematician, <laughs> you could imagine how old I was when I had my daughter. So I was a teen mom. Um, although I'm from Cleveland, I grew up in East Cleveland, which is one of the rougher uh, neighborhoods in Cleveland. Um, and 
life happened, you know, I never been ashamed of, you know, the cards that God dealt me because I feel like he dealt them to me for a reason. He felt like I was ready for it. He felt like I, um, I, I had a purpose and yeah, I was a team mom and I encountered uh, a lot of obstacles <laughs> being a yeah. team mom, still in high school, trying to graduate. Um, and just like I didn't have help in my entrepreneurship journey, I didn't really have help, you know, in this motherhood journey in the beginning either. Um, shout out to my mom. That was the main person that was like down for me through everything. If I needed to watch my kid, you know, she was always there for me, but like, and I have a, a big family as, as you know, but I didn't really have the support that I needed as a, as a young mom. And then I was looked down on because I was a teen mom. I was looked down on by my peers. I was looked down on by my family. I was looked down on, you know, by my teachers and by society in general, yeah. you know, back then, um, now you see a lot of young people pregnant, believe it or not. But then it was like, super super frowned upon it's not like it's glorified now but it was a thing really really frowned upon in, um, in some respects i do feel like it is glorified now um but i want to I want, you tapped into something that um is interesting to me you said that the family um you felt frowned upon by the family mm-hmm. um and that is very interesting and unfortunate um we do have a big family and for those of you out there sharia is my cousin <laughs> um, her grandmother is my father's only sister. So, right. Yes, we are cousins, close cousins. Yes. Um, her mother is my first cousin. So, yeah, we are close. And yes. it's not sad to hear that um, you didn't feel supported in that regard. There's a bunch of teen mothers in our family. Oh, my God. What up, mom? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one thing that I want, I wanted to do, I brought that up because it is a part of my mission here with Blowing Bubbles podcast to highlight um, those young mothers who have made it. But in no regard how do I want anybody to feel like I am promoting teen motherhood. Baby, I want everybody who did make it to tell the dark side of their story as well. It was hard. I don't want y'all little girls out there saying, well, Blowing Bubbles said, no, Blowing right. Bubbles, that's not what they said. Living rich made it, so I can make it too. Like, <laughs> so you know, I want you to take me a little bit through the journey of those days where you you didn't know how you were going to make it from one day to the next. You felt like all you had was your mom, and um, you have this beautiful baby girl. So, what were what were some of those early days like as a as a mother, and and what pushed you to get through to even have the audacity to go to nursing school? Right. Well, um, of course, being pregnant in high school. I missed out on a lot. Um, I missed out on a lot. I didn't get to hang out and go to parties. I didn't really get to uh, be in like celebratory mode um, after my 10th grade year, honestly, because I got pregnant when I was in the, in the 11th grade. So that kind of, I know I just always felt like I, I was missing out on everything, like my friends. And I had a, a close knit like friend group at the time, but at the same time, me being the only one pregnant out of, out of the group was like, <laughs> I couldn't do everything. ostracized in that. Yeah, it was like, I couldn't do everything everybody else did. And to some regard, some of their family were looking like, this y'all friend? Like, this girl pregnant? Mm-hmm. I can see that. I can see that. Um, so that was, you know, that was an issue. And then my daughter's father at the time, you know, he didn't have the best family. 
uh, dynamic either. He grew up, he was raised in the streets. You know, he was raised in the streets and the streets is all he knew. So uh, I dealt with that also. Uh, and a little after my daughter was born, her father went to jail. So it was like, okay, not only am I a teen mom, but I'm about to have to raise this girl by myself. Um, her father had got a 10 year sentence, you know? Wow. So it was like- How old was she when, when that happened? One. She was wow. He was actually in jail when I birthed her. Also, he was in jail when I birthed her. Wow. Um, he got out when she was like three months, and then he ended up catching another case, and then he went back. And that time it was for 10 years. Um, so which ended up actually being like 11 years. So it was it was a lot. At that moment, I was like, okay, I have to get my life together because one, I got like People, you know, already count me out. Um, I'm not really sure what I'm about to do, but what I knew is that I have to be the leader. I have to be the person that my daughter needs right now. Because if me, then who? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not. She didn't ask for this. She didn't ask to be here. And not only that, I know all these people have everything to say, and it's, and I've never been a person that like take what people say and hold on to it. But I am a person that will make you a believer one way or the other. That uh -huh. my circumstances will not be based upon your thoughts or your opinions about me. It's my life is going to be whatever I want it to be. Because I'm going to do the work and God going to give me the tools that I need to get to where I need to go. You know, and, and it was just going to be that. And I put that in my mind. And at that moment, that is where I really started to live rich. So before the brand ever came into fruition, it was already starting, you know, then at that moment um so i decided okay i had to transfer from i was going to the regular high school shaw high school um but then i had to transfer to alternative because i needed to go to work <laughs> i mm -hmm. needed to work during the day and the hours that i needed wasn't available in the evening if i stay at school till three o'clock you know i can't get to work until four or five o'clock in most places most jobs that i was able to work at at the time they close at 9, 10 o'clock, so I'm not getting any hours. So I had to transition and go to alternative and go to school at night so that I could work during the day. So I would go to work in the morning until about 3.30 in the afternoon. And I was catching a bus when I was pregnant. I didn't have a car. <laughs> I didn't have a car at the time. So I would literally catch the bus, big and pregnant on the bus, mm -hmm. um, go to my job. In Ohio, mind you. So no, friendly. Okay, so and my daughter's birthday is in May, so just imagine those nine months is pretty practically the whole winter. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I would catch the bus to alternative. I mean, I would catch the bus to work and get off work, and then catch the bus to alternative um, high school, which was down the street from the regular high school. Um, and then sometimes I would look out and get a ride from somebody, or I would have to catch the bus, or if her father wasn't like indulged in something crazy at the time, I would ask him to figure out a way to get me home. Um, but I did that. And luckily, um, thankfully, I should say, I still graduated on time. I walked across the stage with my original graduating class, no summer school and none of that type of stuff. Um, I was study still. Um, once I had my daughter, I was actually in, you know, going into the 12th grade, preparing for the 12th grade. And at that point, I was catching a bus to daycare. <laughs> to drop her off, you know, and then going to school and going to work. So that is when my mother really kicked in and she helped me out a lot because although my mother wasn't able to do a lot of things for me financially because she's still a single mom, you know, I 
had a younger sister still. My brother was older, but you know, I still had a younger sister that she was raising also. And she didn't have any help. So financially, I never looked for anything for my mother. I was just blessed that she was there for me to watch her. It was times that I, um, if my daughter was crying, you know, in the middle of the night, my mother would get her so that I can get enough sleep to, to go to school in the morning, you know. So um, I love her for that. You know, I love her, love her for that to this day. Because if she wasn't there, that support, I needed at the time. You know, I needed a lot of other things, but I needed that. Seriously, at the time, um, no, for sure. So I did that, you know, um, up until I graduated, and then at that point, I was like, "All right, now what are we gonna do? You know, <laughs> what are we gonna do?" And I was working and stuff, and I was making enough money to like take care of us to a certain extent. But I'm like, "This ain't gonna, this is not gonna be enough." You know, I want to give my daughter a life that I never had. You know, I want to give her a life I never ever had. Um, I had to do something different. So I'm like, "Okay, I'm about to go to college." I'm about to go to college. Now, mind you, keep in mind, rewind a little bit. Before I ever had a daughter, you know, problems a mother, all this stuff, I always was into like streetwear. Mm -hmm. I was into streetwear, but because my mother was raising three kids on her own, she can afford to get us the things that I like to wear. Now, mind you, I'm going to school, I'm seeing people with the Jordans, I'm seeing people with the Tommy, the Polo, you know, all this, the, the Anichi, all this different stuff that was in then. And my mother couldn't afford all, all of that. We would go shopping literally on our birthdays and get stuff for Christmas. And then like income tax time, you know, we would go oh, shopping for income tax time. Other than that, um, and these kids are so fortunate now because they get stuff from their parents, all, especially my daughter, Lord, get stuff from their parents all the time. It's like, I wasn't raised like that. I had a three-year three year, um, thing, I mean, three times a year thing going on. Like I knew when them three times I was going to get something. Yane was like, look, you're going to wear what you got. Um, so I said, like we would go shopping and I was the kid that would like look at clothes, um, look at the prices and look and feel the clothes. I don't know why I used to do that then, but I think it was the curiosity of me trying to figure out why certain things cost more than others. So like mm -hmm. we would go to the mall because she always would let us like around April tax time, she would definitely always get us a fresh new pair of whatever shoes we wanted, we would get it. And so we were at the mall. I would definitely go into other stores where they did have like the higher high end streetwear and look at the prices. And I'm like, oh, she ain't about to buy this shirt. She ain't about to buy these jeans. They cost, especially Tommy. Like I really like Tommy <laughs> back then. And my mother was not having it. She wasn't buying it. Oh no, she was not buying it. So, uh, but I would look at those prices, and then where we would end up getting our stuff from would be like Burlington. <laughs> but when I would go into Burlington. I will look at the prices there and feel the clothes. And I never really seen a big difference. And it was like, now Burlington did used to have some like name brand stuff, but it would be like stuff they're not even selling in the stores, the regular stores no more that people are not buying. Yeah. Um, which is not popular at school. Like I'm not going to school with this photo shirt. Nobody's wearing this one no more. Like, <laughs> but anyways, I would feel the prices, I mean, feel the clothing. And then that's when it dawned on me. It was like, this stuff, as far as the material and the fabric, there's no difference, honestly. There's no difference from the $20 shirt and $120 shirt. The thing is, it's the name. The name has made it. It's the brand. It's the brand. You know what I'm saying? It's really nothing. People don't even care about the material. They're not, they don't care about this. It's really the name and the popularity. And the consumers have made it popular to where people will don't mind spending $100, $200 on a garment. You can get the same quality garment for $20 at Burlington. 
And then that's when it clicked. I was like, one day I'm going to create my own brand that is not only affordable for people, they're going to get good quality and it will mean something. So you had this aspiration even before you had your daughter? Yes, before I had my daughter. I just didn't know what I was going to call it or anything like that. But I'm like, I'm just, I'm going to create something, you know, where people can afford because I I like streetwear. You know, Mm -hmm. I've always been that t-shirt, jeans kind of girl and sneakers. I love sneakers. Like, I love sneakers. That was always my thing, you know, but stuff that I wanted my mother couldn't afford. I couldn't clearly couldn't afford either. So right. I'm like, I'm gonna do my own thing one day. But fast forward, and like I said, life happened. So that dream was put on pause <laughs> for a while. So that fast forward, um, I enrolled into uh, Remington College because although I could have went to college for anything, however, in my mindset, and I tell people all the time, I never want people to think I got into healthcare. Uh, solely because I want to take care of people because that's a lie. You know, that is not why I got into healthcare. Now, mind you, I'm a grand healthcare provider. I take care of my patients top tier, like I'm a doctor. However, that is not why I got into that industry. I got into that industry because I needed something with longevity. I needed something that I knew um, I could have under my belt for years to come. And I knew it was healthcare. You you just approached it from a practical standpoint, and you yeah. took the responsible route. Okay, I have a child. I need something that I can sustain a comfortable life. Exactly. That. And it was self care. It that was just it. I didn't want to work in nobody's burger joint. I didn't want to work, which I did. You know, as I was in school and stuff like that, um, I worked everywhere. I was in this keeper job for sure. I worked at all the fast food chains, CVS, Walmart. I did it all. <laughs> Because one job, I like that. Oh, I was definitely Miss Keep a Job. Anybody knew Sharia had a job. I never was without a job for more than two weeks, and that was probably me transitioning from one job to the new job. I was never without without work. Um, okay. Until I became a nurse, and it was by choice because I needed a break. <laughs> Prior to that, no, I always had a job. So, okay. um, I worked at all these different jobs. Um. I eventually got a car. So when I was able to get my own income tax because I had a kid now, <laughs> my first like actual income check tax check, I invested into me a vehicle because I was like, I can't do this bus thing. On the bus, yeah. I'm not about to keep doing this. It's too much. I do a lot in the day. I got this big old baby. Like I can't keep doing this. So I took my income tax check and um got me a car. And um I started, so my daughter's father and I'm going to prison um, when she was after her first, a couple months after her first birthday. Me and I'm going to prison, so I was like, all right, you know, he was there for my graduation and stuff like that, but my high school graduation, but right after that, he went to prison. Um, so stuff really got real at that point. <laughs> uh, so I, started, I literally would just work, 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 and save my money. Because I also didn't want to stay at my mom's house no more. My little sister got on my last nerve. Uh, I just, I, I always do. <laughs> literally, she drove me crazy. I was already arguing with her. Uh, and I just wanted my own space. Like, I couldn't stay. I've never been that person that just, like, I'm really a loner for real. Like, I like my own space. You know, I like my own environment, my own element, my own food. Don't touch this. Leave right there. You know, I don't want my stuff where I left it type of person. Like, it's all the same. <laughs> So I'm like, Mm-mm. I gotta get my own space, you know. I gotta get my own space. Um, so I worked with work, you know, saved up some money, and I ended up applying for um, low-income housing because I still couldn't afford like regular rent yet. 
But mm-hmm. I was, I needed to get out of my mom's house. <laughs> so I applied for low income housing. They ended up giving it to me, giving it to me. I moved on East 105th and um right off St. Clair. Back so dead in the hood. I ain't care though. No. I was like, you know what? I got my own space. So literally. <laughs> I'm like, whatever, I don't care. It is what it is. And it worked out. You know, I never really encountered too much craziness. I mind my own business, you know. Uh I I didn't get into to nonsense. It was very much go to work, go to school. So I wrote a room to college uh, during that time, went to school, got my diploma in medical assistance, um, slash phlebotomy, phlebotomist, and I started working in a, a Lake West Hospital in Willoughby. So now at this point, I'm actually making good some good money. You know, I went from making like ten dollars an hour nine fifty things like that i jumped right into like 16 17 dollars an hour so that was a big jump for me so i'm like okay good i can move out of the hood now like <laughs> i can i can afford to pay some real rent and i can get out out of here so uh by this time i packed me and my baby up we moved to euclid ohio so now we're living a little bit better than on east 105th <laughs> And also, like I said, I wanted my my daughter's life to be better than what, you know, I grew up in environments I grew up in the whole nine. So she's never went to like a um, regular public school and it was no shade to public schools. However, I wanted her to have a really, really good education. Like I wanted her to be challenged at school. Mm-hmm. So once we moved to uh, Euclid, I found out about this school called Noble Academy and um the curriculum was really, really good. They wore dress code. I loved it. I did like interviews with all the teachers. It was very, very good, but I had to pay tuition. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, how about to pay this rent, tuition, put clothes on our back, food in the refrigerator, whatever, I'm going to figure it out. So like anything, once you get used to a certain amount of money, you know how we get. We need more. This ain't enough no more. <laughs> I gotta, this is no longer enough. So, um, I didn't stop there. I was like, you know what? I am going to enroll in nursing school. You know, this is all good, especially working in a hospital. I would go up on the units and draw patients' blood and talk to nurses and talk to doctors. I was like, I think I can do this. Like, I'm going to enroll in nursing school. And that's what I did. So while this time I was working full time at the hospital, raising my daughter full time, of course, and I didn't enroll in nursing school full time. Uh, to this day, people, I don't know how I did it. I, I, I don't have the blueprint on. I have no idea. I feel like it was just a lot of drive and energy inside of me. Yeah, I was going to say that 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 is sheer determination, and and you had a vision. Yeah. Even though you didn't quite understand the how at that point. Right. You, I don't care how. I just know it has to happen. And That's you it. Had that resolve, and that was it. And and you only focused on the end goal, not all the stuff swarming around you. Exactly. And I believe that that contributes to how people make it when you just don't look at your your circumstances as obstacles. And you right. just look at, okay, I'm getting, I'm at A, I got to get to Z. I don't care about all the other stuff. So I really think that that is important to to highlight. You know, you didn't you didn't know how, but you just knew you had to do it. That's it. That's it. I knew I, it. I had to get it done. So I was like, all right, whatever. I enrolled in nursing school. And it was up from there. And that now that was hard. <laughs> nursing <laughs> school was so hard. Oh my God. I went to the hospital one time because I was like trying to stay up and study. Um, and um everybody in school always has like these little anecdotes on like how to study, what to do, what to drink, what to eat, all this stuff. I never listened to nobody until this one time. <laughs> 
So one time in particular, I had to stay really, really late to study for a very important exam because I could not fail this class. So I decided to go to the gas station and buy, um, it was like this bumblebee like energy pill or whatever they sold at the gas station. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to take this bumblebee because I have to stay up. I cannot go to sleep. So I take it home. I got all this energy. I'm studying, studying to the point. I'm testing myself. I'm passing all the little tests with flying colors. I'm, I'm like, I'm good. I just need a couple hours of sleep so I can take this test. Couldn't go to sleep because I took the bumblebee. <laughs> so now it's like I'm fighting. <laughs> I'm trying to go to sleep. What do I decide to do? Which I knew better. You took another one. I took a Benadryl. I took a Benadryl because now I need to try to go to sleep. That didn't work out well for me because the bumblebee was still inside of me and I'm taking a Benadryl. So it's like now they're fighting. Yeah. Oh my God, it was for so you non-nurses out there, there are <laughs> drug interactions that are highly Listen. not recommended. Okay. Listen, that's what. Don't ever do that. So you I had, had that. I'm guessing you didn't have that NCLEX yet. <laughs> oh, no. Wasn't even there yet. Not even halfway there yet. No. So I ended up in this is nurse talk. I'm sorry, y'all. But Listen, <laughs> I ended up in the emergency room and because I thought I was going to die. Like my heart was racing at the same time. I was drowsy. It was like a mess. So I ended up in the emergency room. What a flatline, for real. No, seriously. That was the stupidest thing I ever did in my life. Oh um, my I had to take my, wake my daughter up, take her to the hospital with me. I was like, oh my God, because my daughter wake up and her mother is on this floor. She's going to have to pack the tag. <laughs> so, oh my God. And how old was she at that time? How old was my daughter? I want to say like five or something like that. I don't know. So old enough to be conscious that something. Yeah, wrong. is wrong. So oh my! Goodness. I wake her up, take her to the hospital with me. Luckily, the emergency room was pretty close to where we live. And I go to the emergency room. I tell them what I did. Do you know these people literally was laughing at me? Like the nurses in there were laughing. Like, are you serious? Like you're in nursing school? I'm like, look, I don't care. Just give me, give me the IV. You know, flush me out, okay? Because I'm steady telling them I have to be on time for my test in the morning. <laughs> so whatever y'all got to do, hurry up and do it because I cannot miss this test. But anyway, they got me out of there after they made 50 million jokes about me, uh, gave me my well wishes, told me good luck. I went to school. I passed my test. Hallelujah. But <laughs> that was probably the craziest thing I ever did, so. So, ladies anyway. and gentlemen, don't ever take an upper and a downer. Your heart Listen. is going to do cartwheels. Okay? Absolutely not. Not, with, not within that 24 hour time span. <laughs> don't do drugs. Look, don't do drugs. However, drink coffee. If you happen to do something, don't do an upper and a downer. You just, don't, don't mix the two. This is not a good idea. Don't ever mix the two. You heard it from Nursery herself. So, yeah, mm -hmm. um, fast forward. I ended up graduating from nursing school, uh, top of my class at that. So, girl, yeah, one of the things. Don't ask me how. I don't know, but don't it I did it. Don't ask me how. Class. Okay. <laughs> I did it. Walk my my daughter. Walk with me. You know, oh. um, and uh, things just started to get start to look up for us. Things got better financially. Me and my daughter has always been thick as thieves, but we were we got closer and closer. We started traveling. Um, I didn't. I had never gotten on a plane until uh, I actually graduated from nursing school. That was literally my first time ever on a plane. Wow. My daughter's first time ever on a plane was when she was nine. So I was already changing the narrative for us. At oh, that moment, yes. I was like, oh, mama, make sure my daughter sees the world. 
you know, no, travels, meet people all over. Like I really have started exposing her to like have good communication skills, good customer service skills, being mm-hmm. a people person, know how to talk to people, knowing how to operate in different environments when she was like way younger. So that kind of helped when we finally started so business. <laughs> so um, after things got better in our life, um, I started talking to my daughter about this dream that I had back when I was in high school. Like, you know, I've always wanted to have my, I have to turn this fan off because now my nose is starting to run. Okay. Um, I hold, had this, hold up, hold up. Okay, I'm giving edit room. You can okay. turn the fan off. Yes, because I was like, whoo. You, you did it already? Yes, I turned it off. You need to tighten up or something? I just need to blow my nose. Go ahead. Go okay, ahead. give me one second. Go ahead. Fan was <laughs> trying to take me out. It's all good. It's all good. All right. Um, okay. <laughs> um, so you were talking about the first time she was on a plane. Is that what you left off on? I, I was just saying that she, you know, we started traveling. I started exposing her to things that I didn't get to have time to be exposed to until I became an adult. She was starting at nine, 10 years old, you know, already getting that exposure. And I was just trying to show my daughter um, things that I wish I had seen, you know, when I was her age, but I didn't get to experience it until I created the experience for us. So that's so, that's so beautiful. Parents need to um, really be mindful of that. Um, Having the presence of mind to think, okay, what did, what do I feel like I like? What things did my parents not give me, whether whether they were not able to or they just weren't there, whatever the reason, what do I want for my child? And I love that you thought that through from a beautiful place, not even from a, I ain't have this. You really thought, you know what, this is what I want my daughter to have. And by nine years old, you're now starting to talk to her about life experiences and business. So take us through um, when you finally share it with her. Um, your dream from high school and what, how that snowballed. Okay, great. So, um, as I said, like my daughter grew up different than I had grew up. So she had got to the age where she likes to ask for stuff. <laughs> so when we go places, she wants this, she wants, she's picking up stuff. So that was, I used that as like a learning experience for her. And I would uh, explain to her different like price values and stuff like, you know, you're not getting this because this costs this. Um, And when you get a certain age, you know, you can get this or, um, you know, this is what you get as a reward, like making sure she understand the value of like material things and also explain to her what you don't need. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. she will like, and why do you want that? That's good. That's why do you, why do you need that? Who did you see with who who did you see with this? Because I've never heard you ask for this before. So where did you see this at? That makes you know I started starting that type of conversations with her. So um 
that's where the conversation started about this clothing brand. So me and my daughter have always been like a little bit different as it relates to clothes because I've always been like this tomboy, uh, dressed down type of girl. I'll dress up, you know, when the occasion presents itself. For the most part, this is what I wear. <laughs> Her, on the other hand, homegirl is very Christy. Like, <laughs> like you know, she'll dress down and stuff, but even when she does dress down, she got to dress it up. She likes to like rip tie. You've seen her. Like, she likes yes. to cut your shirt up and tie them up. I, told her, I text her like a few weeks ago. I said, Oh, you're going to make me show out in these streets, huh? She listen. Does. I said, she might be Shamaya in, okay? <laughs> you're going to make me hurt somebody. Listen, if she's been that way since she's been younger, like, I would lay her clothes out. It ended up be like a t-shirt or something, some jeans. She, I kept her with the fly kicks. Like that was a thing that I always, you know, she inherited that. Uh, so kept her with some nice sneakers and stuff. Girlfriend, uh, had pull out some little kitten heels or something with the jeans. It's like you're not wearing that. We're, you're not wearing that. You're not wearing that. Where are you going? Where are you going? You're going to, you're going to school. You're not wearing that. Like so. Or I'll sit in her school with her hair a certain way. She didn't change. Like, she always was doing something. So, at that point, I was like, okay, she got her own look. She got a little flair for style. Yeah, she got her own little thing going on. But what if I could figure out a way to mesh the two and make it work? Okay. Um, so, I talked to her about my idea of starting our own clothing brand. Of course, she was on board. Now, at this time, I want to say my daughter was, she was like 11. Yeah, she was like 10 going on 11. Um, and I talked about, talked to her about us starting our own clothing brand. Of course she was on, on board with it, but it was more so, okay, like what type of clothes are, are we going to do? And we had to figure out what can we both agree with? Because I wasn't about to do something like boutique-ish style, like, you know, dresses and tutus and all this type of stuff, something <laughs> where you can dress it up and dress it out. So it was like streetwear. Streetwear is definitely something that you can do both. You know, you can wear a t-shirt with a skirt and some heels, or you can wear a t-shirt with some jeans and, you know, some sneakers or a hoodie. Like you can dress that up either way you look at it. You can wear it to work. You can wear it to after hour. Um, it's all about how you kind of shape it. So we agreed on doing the streetwear. It was a name part that was like, okay, what are we about? What are we going to name this? <laughs> Now, mind you, I've already had my own experience growing up where understanding like why certain things cost this and where prices. I was already educating her when we go shopping, you know, about the value of certain things. So I definitely wanted to incorporate that in our branding because I didn't want people just to um, buy our stuff because it's quote unquote popular. Now, don't get me wrong. I wanted a brand that grows popularity, but I didn't want that to be the only thing. You know, I wanted something that delivers a message. Um, I also thought about how I felt, you know, when I was this teen mom, how people looked at me and how, you know, at a certain point I did feel like less than other people because my circumstances were different. Um, mm. I thought about all of that. So I was trying to figure out what we're going to name this. Not only that, I wanted something that the person that's wearing it can decide what it means to them versus you know some of these brands you put on they have a meaning you know they come out the gate with a meaning 
you need to see it or you're not, you know, even down to like Christian brands. Some people don't wear Christian brands because, and they like the clothes, the clothes are dope. They look good, but they don't wear them because they don't believe in, you know, whatever behind it. Exactly. It's like, I like that hoodie, but I don't really like, you know, the meaning behind that. And I wanted something where the person that puts it on can determine what it means for them. Mm, So that is how the name Living Rich came about. Now, a lot of people don't know this. We didn't know that Living Rich was like part of our names until it was brought to our attention. Really? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me that you didn't intentionally mash up the two of your name? No. Stop it. Oh, no. so it's just don't. That was not. Oh my God. That was never on purpose. That was wow. never on purpose. All these years, I didn't know that. Okay. That was not on purpose. Wow. I came with the name Living Rich because literally just the meaning behind the it. The meaning behind right. it. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm like, okay, Living Rich. Yep, anybody can be Living Rich. You know, you can determine what, what rich means to you. That, that was the whole reason why I came up to the name. I literally did not understand, did not realize it was our last names until I said it to somebody. And they were like, that's dope. That's like your last name. I'm like, what? <laughs> Livingston recently, I'm like, oh my God. Like, you're absolutely right. It is. Oh, so that's even more now. Okay. Exactly. So that made me feel like this is like divine. Like, this is supposed to be. A thing because I did not know that when I came up with this name. Wow. The meaning was always there, but the the configuration, you know, what it made up, that was not on purpose at all. So Uh, that's so beautiful. Wow. (laughs) I I wasn't expecting that. I love it. I love it. So that's how that that was birthed. That was you officially watched in what year? 2015. Okay. Uh, yes, my daughter is definitely 11. Yeah, so 2015, that's when we launched. Now, crazy thing is, when we first launched, it was strictly for women. We were yeah. standing strong on, like, our women empowerment, mother-daughter relationships. Like, you know, we wanted more so to help women feel like they were rich. Um, we launched a website. We're strictly doing it online. And my daughter had a blog on there. So every week, she would post a blog on there. And we had like the comment section so people can make comments and stuff. And then I was like, okay, this website is not having no, enough traffic and stuff like that. Like I was learning entrepreneurship in the midst of me building my business. Mm-hmm. A lot of things. As most of us do. <laughs> a lot of things. Um, thank you. A lot of things I didn't know. I was just learning. But this is where the start of, well, like I said, how I birthed Rich Scholars nobody tried to help me out like i was like reaching out to people that have businesses asking questions like nobody even and something a lot of things came with a fee that i didn't have at the time however nobody even wanted to put like look on this site or like go here they didn't want to put me in the right direction so that's crazy i was really frustrated with that and also at that time we when we launched living rich now there's like a lot of uh streetwear brands like they're always emerging popping up then other than like the big names, there was not like there wasn't a lot of like small streetwear brands. They're definitely still to this day. I don't know of one that's a, um, a mother daughter owned streetwear brand. Mm. Now, although that's unique, it also kind of 
made people steer away from us because it's like, what do these women, two females, know about streetwear? Streetwear has always been a male-dominated area. It still is male-dominated. Women have um, grown into streetwear, you know, building brand new streetwear. However, it's still more dominated by men. And in 2015, it definitely was dominated by, you know, strictly men. Um, So it was really hard. I already knew in my mind, like, it's going to be too hard to sell to men. So that was another reason why I'm like, we're going to focus on women, you know? So we started doing pop-up shops. And what I realized is at the pop-up shops that we would do, a lot of men would walk up to our, our um, table and they would be like, well, we want to live rich too. We want to live rich too. And I'm like, well, it's just for women. We tell them like, we're just women. But it was so many of them. And I was like, maybe we do need a transition to unisex because honestly, more men walk up to our table than women. Now, the women do buy from us because we only sell women clothes, but it was like, it's more men inquiring about this. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. We're going to we're gonna transition this on. 2016, that is when we transition into unisex. We transition. Mm-hmm. And, um, and how, how much of a surge in business did you see after that transition? Um, it definitely was a, a, a big change, definitely a big change in, in sales, um, definitely a big change in exposure, definitely a big change in requirements because people were now, you know, like, and we still didn't have a store or anything like that, but people were like hitting us up on Messenger, like, do you got this size? Do you got that size? It was like, and honestly, to this day, more men still buy our clothes than women. Wow. That's so crazy. <laughs> and you have, you have a store now. Yes, we have yeah. a store now. Okay. And we have more men than women buy our clothes. Wow. So and like a, go ahead. I'm sorry. Is located? It's uh, located in Cleveland, Ohio. We're Richmond Heights, Ohio. So it's 740 Richmond Road, Richmond Heights, Ohio. Okay. Okay. Is it yeah. freestanding or you're in a mall? It's um, in a plaza. It's in plaza. a plaza. Oh, yeah. It's kind of freestanding, but it's like some other uh, brick and mortar stores like connected to ours. So. All right. So yeah. your journey... We're going we're gonna to definitely um, post the information uh, on not only our website, not only on our YouTube, in this video, and our social media. So we're going to make sure that everybody is out here living rich. Yes. Oh, man. So take me on the journey or tell me about your journey. Uh, you've now had some success with living rich. You're expanding. You're growing. You've got a brick and mortar. And now you are in that phase where you're wanting to give back. Take me on that transition. Uh, take me on that transition with you. So um, a lot of people have watched us throughout the years. You know, a lot of people have watched prior to me. You know, starting this brand. Um, they know they knew me from being a team mom. They knew my story from becoming a registered nurse. You know, they watched the dynamic of me and my daughter. This growing as mother and daughter as two individuals figuring this out because you got to understand I was raising a child but also trying to learn how to be an adult and a mother myself you know I didn't have a you know the blueprint or anything like that so it was like we both were in it we both were in like a learning experience like, like experiment or something um if I had to do it all over again I think I would be a professional because I did it but at Every stage of, of my daughter's life is a new stage for me because that is my only child. And I had her so young. So I'm learning how to be a woman. 
I'm learning how to be a mama. I'm learning how to be a leader, a guidance counselor, everything. Y'all grew up together. Literally. And people all <laughs> to this day be like, are you guys sisters? And I love it because it just lets me know I still have the fountain of youth on my face. However, my You're going to have it, baby. Let me tell you, as your big cousin, <laughs> our family was blessed with the deal. Yes. Yes. My daughter like, that's my mom. That's not my sister. I'm like, girl, stop hating, okay? Right. If they want me to be your sister, I'm your sister, okay? And <laughs> she don't like that. But um, during, during that, it was like, you know what? Now I want, to, I, I want to be the person that I wish I had. Any way, shape, form, or fashion, I can be that. Um, no, I can't do it full time, but whenever the opportunity presents itself, I want to be the person I, I wish I had. So when people reach out to me asking whatever, if I have the answer, I was giving it to them. It wasn't like, oh, you have to pay me for this, you have to pay me for that, or it's like, oh, go to this site or go to this. I started going to trade shows out in Vegas, and when people would ask me, like they'll see me posting or whatever, and people would ask me, like, well, how do I do this? I send them the link. So I'm not registered. Like, I've been trying to figure out this for years. Nobody told me. I don't know why. Because what I always felt like was mine is mine. You can't take what's mine. Can't, baby. <laughs> my story, my is mine is already written. If my, if my business is going to be successful and be known around the world, it's already going to be known around the world. There's no competition here. If my business is going to fail, it's already in writing that it's going to. Like there's nothing you can do exactly. to hinder me. Only I can hinder me. So oh, hey, go go for it. Like, you know, you're not stopping me. So it's like the uh saying lighting another candle. A candle lighting another candle doesn't dim the light of the first candle. Exactly. Like, I it makes the light shine brighter that we all shine and you know so it's like, it and if i can be the person that helped you even if you surpass me that's okay because i know when you reach a level you're going to remember what i did for you and i might need you i just might need you you know to help pull me up so if you can remember me that i was there for you before you got to a certain level that's a win for both of us so i i'm never really you know, stingy as it relates to information. Um, and that is what inspired me to start Rich Scholars. Um, I wanted to start Rich Scholars. I'm like, this is going to be my platform. I don't want to necessarily uh, mesh the two too much because right. I like to educate. I like to teach. And this can be another opportunity for me uh, to grow in another area. Because ideally, when I was building Living Rich, because I'm, you know, you got to think I'm just getting older at this point. Um, I wanted to build an empire for my own family. I wanted to build something with my own family because what I came to realize for me, like traveling, um, meeting so many people from all over the world is that the black household nowadays, they teach this, but when we were growing up, they wasn't teaching about teaching us that it was teaching us get a good job don't get fired move up in the company you know they was teaching us about starting your own thing building right. something for your household but when you look at other uh families and other you know dynamics and nationalities and stuff like that and races they embed that you know a lot of them children are grown or born into wealth they're born into businesses they born into empires yes. now that's not the situation with me and my daughter we built we're building one together however the goal has been for me to gradually move behind the scenes 
and let her run this to build it for her family. And then her family built it for, you know, and yes. she, that's my way of trying. And I don't know if it's going to work, but that's my way of trying. It's going to work. Yes, it's going to work. That's yeah. my way of, of trying, you know, because yeah. somebody got to do it. Somebody got to do it. So, you know, um, I wanted to, to, to build something of my own also for that I can do even when I'm great, you know, and I'm older, I can always educate. And that is why I decided to build uh, Rich Scholars because my daughter's a fashionista. You know, the older I get, the more I don't care about what I have on. <laughs> <laughs> and it, yes, 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 yes. You know, so I don't want that to reflect in our business because it's apparel. So mm -hmm. that's something for her to take over and grow where I can be in the back end and still, because uh, I'm a nerd in the day. I like to study. I like to learn. And I can make sure the business operations are running properly, but also have my own platform to educate the ones coming up behind us, beside us, and even the ones in front of us that we know something that they don't, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I love so that you do that. Um, sorry to interrupt. One of the things that I um, see so much value in that I think people need to understand the level of, you're not just saying, oh, go here to this website and do this. Like you are literally out here teaching people the game of trademarking. Yes. And meet in the bones of what makes businesses thrive and be successful. You mm -hmm. are not just doing the gloss over Google search type of teaching. Right. <laughs> I want to make sure that people understand what you're really doing. Um, tell some people how you um, really what you're educating on. Um, just a couple bullet points on the things that, that you're doing and why you do that. Yes, not just absolutely. the because you wish you would have had, but how important it is to business. Absolutely. Um, a lot of businesses are built without the knowledge on the how, the whys, and the, the foundations. Um, and honestly, ours was honestly built off that. I learned as I was going along. Um, however, there's a lot of important factors into building a business that people don't realize. And one is making sure the back end is straight. You can make it look good. You can dress it up however you want to, but it'll be so much easier to lose it if you're not building it the, the proper way. Um, and ownership as well. Everybody likes to say, oh, I own this and I own that. You really? Do you really own it? You think you do. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah. And I act, that's literally what I say at the end of like, in the middle of my speech when I'm teaching, like, I'll ask somebody, like, two here owns a business, and everybody wants to raise their hand. I'm like, what do you own? What do you own? What do you own? And I'll say, well, do you really own it? And they're like, yeah, I own it. You know, I'm like, well, what did you do to make you feel like you own it? Well, I created the name. You know, I have an LLC. I did the EIN. Yeah, they, I got, got that EIN. They, yeah, they I got a bank account. I opened a store. My name is on the lease, this, that, third. And I'll mm -hmm. say something like, okay, well, what if this business that you have is like actually very good, very good business, very unique. But what if Beyonce likes it too? And what if she wants it? Then what? what she, that's, Beyonce can't steal my business. I said, can she? she can't. <laughs> and then that's when it's the eyebrows raised. Like, what is this girl talking about? Like, technically she can because Beyonce has more resources, more access to capital than you. She has a bigger platform than you and she has more money than you. She has better lawyers and everything to you, but there's yeah. certain things that nobody can fight, no matter what level in the game you are in. And that's trademarks, that's patents, 
there's copyrights, you know, certain things that's in black and white. I don't care if I had ten dollars to my name. If I protected my business prior to putting it out there, P. Diddy can't steal it, you know, because it's mine. I created right. this. I had the vision and I stamped it. So that is what I'm educating and teaching people and not only educating them on it, teaching them how to do it themselves. Because another issue I ran into when I started is, um, and I studied and I knew about trademarking, but I couldn't afford to have somebody trademark for me. <laughs> Attorneys right. wanted $2,000 to do a trademark. That's and like, I don't have no, <laughs> no, seriously. Like it was like, I can't, I can't pay that. You know, I need that money to get inventory or do some marketing. Like, I don't have $2,000 to pay for a trademark. So I educated myself and I trademarked Living Rich. Not once, but twice. Um, I also trademarked Rich Scholars. And I also trademarked many other people's businesses. So, I, so you said you trademarked Living Rich twice. Why? Yes. So the reason I trademarked it twice, because the very first time, although I did it the proper way, there's a thing called classes with trademark. And I only put Living Rich under t-shirts, although I knew I was going to do much more with Living Rich. So I mm -hmm. trademarked it a second time, which at that time I really could have just paid to add the classes or add, you know, the other categories. Pretty much amended. Yeah. Yeah. But still, I was learning. I was learning this game. So I trademarked the second time and I added everything up under it. Um, of course, now I know a lot. And that was, what, eight years ago, seven years ago. Um, I know a lot more on it, you know, but I've educated myself so much with trademarking. Like, I know the ins and out. I know how to trademark anything. I've even had lawyers call me on behalf of their client because they wanted my name. Wow. <laughs> you can't have it. You can't. It's, it's fine. I'm not signing anything, you know, so that you can operate under the same. No, it's mine. Um, and I thank God I did that because had I not and had it, you know, now fast forward eight, seven years later, I would be highly upset, you know, because yeah. I was so big on like trying to put it out there and, you know, grow the brand and not grow the business on the back end. Mm -hmm. I just I just met this lady at a, a trade show last week and uh -huh. she has a beautiful thing going. She she makes um candied pecan mm -hmm. and she had her and her helpers had on these really cute um aprons and i mm -hmm. asked her where the did she have any to sell because i would have bought an apron i thought they were cute and she was like no i didn't do it because i could only afford to trademark the candy i didn't trademark for everything mm -hmm. so she didn't trademark anything other than this and i think that is so important that people understand those classifications Mm -hmm. And if you don't know, you will mess yourself all the way up mm -hmm. and you will think I got a trademark and you'll put something else out and that thing mm -hmm. is not protected at all. And at all. I love that you said that because I probably would have forgotten. You know, yeah. that. And there's and there's so many other pieces, too, because I know everybody can't afford, you know, to even do the, the trademark. Um, so I actually decided instead of me like doing everybody's trademark you know, uh, people paying me to their trademark. I, I'm very big on educating yourself, you know. Create you fishermen. Can, don't, I'm, don't give me a fish. Teach me how to fish. Exactly. I was literally about to say, I was to say, you know the saying, you know, I'd rather teach you how to do it because this is probably not going to be your first right idea. 
Mm-hmm. You want to pay me to do it every time? Or do you pay me every time, time? right. <laughs> every time, because although I'll give you information, like the importance of it, the website, you know, I'll give you all that. Actually doing the application and doing it right is another thing. Government filing fees are non-refundable. So if you don't do it right, you're not getting your money back. <laughs> come see me again. <laughs> so now you got to come see me again because you were changing the foot on your own without being properly educated. So I decided to create a course. I created a course in which I give people a six-month license. And a lot of people say, well, why do you do a license? Like, why can't we just have access to it? Because if I give you access to this for a lifetime, it's going to take you a lifetime to do it. If I on it, <laughs> hold them accountable, cousin. Yeah, you're gonna get it done. So, if you're gonna spend six hundred dollars for a course, and you have six months, you're gonna get it done in six months. If I, like I said, if I give you a lifetime to do it, it'll just be sitting there until you find time to do it. Now you can waste the you money. Right. Time. You got that right. So that's why I, I did it like that. But I created a, a course, they get a six-month license, and it literally goes through everything related to intellectual property. The focus is trademark, but I teach everything in there. Um, I go through what it means, why you should do it, alternatives if you don't have the money to do it right now, what you need to be doing just in the event that someone, because there are some things that you that will allow you to still protect yourself to a certain degree if you don't trademark. However, um, you do have to have an attorney, though, to help you push, you know, the things that I, that I mentioned in my course. But I teach you all that, and then I give a bonus at the end, and I actually show you about copyrights. A lot of people don't know how to do copyrights. Right. So um, in my course, A lot of people don't know the difference between copywriting and trademarking. Yeah, all of that's included in there. I could the breakdown verse one versus the other. There's literally videos. That's another thing. I, I'm I'm also the queen of no fluff. I don't like to go to events. I'm not paying for events um, where I'm not learning anything. And it's okay to be inspired. I took you all the time. Like, I don't mind being inspired. What I'm gonna do after I'm inspired? I need something right. tangible. If I'm gonna pay to come somewhere, I need something tangible. Okay, inspire me, but give me something I can use today when I leave. <laughs> like, or I'm not spending my money. And that's how I am. With I do transformational coaching. I don't just do the, you know, I'm a motivational speaker. I don't hype you up and now you, you fall right. flat tomorrow. Right. No. I need right. you to be able to take anything that comes out of here and go to the next level. Exactly. Turn the corner. Go down. The, like, don't leave people flat. I love that you do that. I, I can't stand it. So in this course, I'm telling you, it's jam packed. And then they not only have that, they have access to me for that six months. Um, they're able to reach out to me. I have discussion boards on there. They can ask me questions. And I, at the end of it, I literally include a video of me doing a live trademark application. Like they literally see That's me cool. go each step. So it's like, even while you're doing it, you need to revisit back. You can do, you know, both at the same time. And you can also reach out to me and ask me the question that you have, you know? So that was my way of teaching people how to take ownership of the things that they feel that they're building. Okay. So just for purposes of this, um, this interview, give people a high level explanation of what a trademark is. And what what somebody needs to say? Okay, my logo, blowing bubbles podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a thing. It's a podcast. Mm-hmm. I have a logo. Right. What does blowing bubbles need to trademark? And 
what is a trademark as it relates to blowing bubbles? So a trademark is your source identifier. That is how you identify your brand, business, or your product. So you want people, when they see that logo or when they hear that, you want people to identify with your business or your brand. That is a trademark. It is a source identifier. You have to get it protected federally. Also, a lot of people get confused with like a state trademark. You can go on your state website, just the same place you do your LLC, and they have trademarking on there. And a lot of people get that confused with federal trademarking. State trademark only protects you with that state. So if you do your state trademark and you're in Georgia, you only protect it in Georgia. I can start a podcast in Ohio called Blowing Bubbles podcast if that's what I wanted to do because you only protected yourself in Georgia. Federally trademarking, you federally across the U.S. are protected. No one in the U.S. can um, use that brand name or that brand logo for, that's another thing, the same purposes of yours. Now, if someone wanted to start a blowing bubbles shoe line if you don't trademark blowing bubbles under that category or class they can do that i'll give you an example dove soap dove chocolate they are both trademarked but they're two separate purposes separate entities so they are able to coexist Mm -hmm. okay so again that's something that people have to understand however if you don't trademark it's fair game and then you run into a legal battle of having to show proof of who was using it first. Mm-hmm. And not only that, you're going to have to have a pretty good lawyer to even win it for you. Because even if you... And you, a lot of money. A lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money. Because even if, say, for instance, I, I decided to start a, a show uh, blowing bubbles and I started in Ohio and I go and I actually trademark it. And you find and find out and now you're like, I've been had this, this, and third, and you know, you try to take me to court, but where is your proof at? I can yeah. say I've been working on it, and I trademarked it because I trademarked it before you decided to do it, and it got approved. You're going to be fighting me for that, and you better make sure you have a lot of money and a mm-hmm. good lawyer uh, because I'm gonna fight for it. Yeah, because you could be sending people to the wrong website. You say, just go to Blowing Bubbles Podcast, and then this other podcast gets all these downloads. Yep. Because I didn't properly do the work up front. And and I well, love it. Starts. It starts when you become popular. So let's say you get a, a, a interview with someone that does numbers and it starts to go viral. That is when somebody's gonna try to steal it. Right. And if you did not trademark it beforehand, good luck. That's all I can say because right. there's literally people who lurk for that, for that person right. slipping, and and your whole brand identity gets swept from under you. Yeah, and you have to change. You you there's nothing more hurtful than something that you put your blood, sweat, and tears in, and you get that cease and desist. Yeah, they're just waiting on you. Yeah, <laughs> you just mentioned cease and desist. My course also includes a template um, that you can download and, you know, change the wording for a cease and desist, an NDA, which is a non-disclosure agreement, a work for hire agreement. And I teach what all these things mean in the course as well. So it's like you're getting a lot. <laughs> do you now, do you include an NC NDA 
or just the NDA? I just include the NDA. Yeah, I just include the NDA. So I'm big on NC NDA. Um, I've been I've been in and around. I've been exposed to business since I was a toddler. Um, Mm -hmm. My parents had a production company. I don't know if you ever knew this. My parents had a production company. My father is a dynamic writer, funny dude. My mother sings like no, like an alien. Um, and they had a production company, um, PAP, Performance Arts and Production. And my dad wrote skits, sketch comedies like um, In Living Color. Mm-hmm. So my daddy was like Keenan Ivory before Keenan Ivory was Keenan Ivory. Mm-hmm. And so I have been exposed to this my whole life. And we talk about legacies. People don't understand what you do and expose your children to. Right. Well, absolutely have a ripple effect on generations to come. Everything that comes from you comes from what you do. So um, the things that I do and I know in the relationships that I have are because of my parents. Right. Um, And so the questions that I have been asking, I'm so glad that uh, I was able to ask a question kind of lightly and you took it exactly where I wanted you to take it. And it's not because I don't have the knowledge. I want the people out there to understand because that's not what I do. People mm-hmm. try to ask me, especially copywriting. I've had, I have hundreds of copywriting written songs because I am a lyricist, but mm-hmm. this is not what I teach. Right. And so somebody who is actually teaching it and they figured out how to package that, I want to make sure that they can, you know, really, put it out there and I'm getting better as an interviewer. So mm-hmm. I thank you for helping me to figure out how I, think you <laughs> I want to figure out how do I ask this question without sounding like I already know the answer. <laughs> so this is everybody out there. I want y'all to understand this. We are growing. We are all, I, I am doing something that is different for me. I am naturally inquisitive from a scientific standpoint, but from people in their business and they're saying, I don't really get into all that. So it's a challenge for me to like really learn how to conduct an interview. And so I'm so grateful that my cousin was gracious enough to grant me this interview and to help me. To- I am honored that you wanted to interview me. <laughs> my God, you are so dope. Like I really... Um, you know, I love being transparent and I want the people who become fans of the Blowing Bubbles podcast. This is going to be one of the earlier episodes. I haven't numbered them yet, but Sharia, where her story is at, this is going to come out in 2023. So I want to put the date on the record. 2023, I'm not dropping the specific date, but understand we're going to later on play this back and we're going to basically have a testimony five years, 10 years from now on how far we have both come. You know, I my one of my biggest inspirations is Oprah and like the Barbara Walters, and yes, people like that. I want y'all to see going forward what our legacies are going to look like in the future. Yes. We are interconnected because we are blood relatives, yes. by no means make that confusion. Exactly, <laughs> I always will have her back. Her baby is like my baby, she had an issue here in Atlanta where I'm at, and yes, she I saw her, her like, cuz believe I pulled up, and so. Yes. This is this is definitely a genuine loving relationship, but I respect and admire her so 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 much Thank um, you, for everything she has done. I knew her story, but I want y'all to know iron sharpens iron. So she's helping mm-hmm. me become a better interviewer. And whatever help if my cousin ever need me is on. I'm there. I'm and that's there. it. And I, and I appreciate you and I love you so much. I wish you was living in Cleveland when I was younger. <laughs> 
And I and I wish that I knew so much of the things that you didn't know as an entrepreneur. I know you shared with me earlier, I think it was uh-huh. earlier this year, the things that you were struggling. I'm like, why didn't you call me? Like right. she didn't know what I was into. Because exactly. I think in business, I created my first business in 96. Mm-hmm. So I've been 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 deep in right. business. Right. And, but I knew the things I know now the things that I needed. Like you said, you wish you had a you. Mm-hmm. My first business, um, I was I was in like construction. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, first of all, if I look like this now in my 50s, imagine how I look 30 years ago. Right. Wasn't anybody taking me seriously. I'm trying mm-hmm. to launch a construction company. Well, I am right. a whole entire carpenter. I went to trade school. I'm a union trained carpenter. So yeah, I sing like having a house. I'm like, this girl's over here building stuff. <laughs> People weren't taking me seriously though. So and and I had really reached out to all the boys in the hood. I was like, what you doing with all that that money you getting out there? Right, exactly. And one by one, they all fell. You know, and then when they came back on the streets, the ones who didn't die, when they came back on the streets, they didn't have anything. And mm-hmm. here I am still plugging away. I'm still out here building. I'm still out here growing. I'm still an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have those resources. Um, and the information, and I, I had people who were talking to me about business, but talking over my head. Mm-hmm. And so I'm so proud of you for just persevering. Oh my gosh, you have Thank been, you. Um, you could have used, you had a million excuses mm-hmm. that you could have <laughs> rested on. Oh, I'm like a 16 year old pregnant girl. Oh my gosh, I don't have any help. Oh my gosh, my daughter's father. Oh my gosh. But one thing after another, it's like what could have been an excuse turned into a launch pad for you to just continue to propel you forward. I always say I turn my struggle into my strength. Woo! Bores. And I don't want anybody to ever get confused. Um, This entrepreneurship journey has been crazy. Um, one, thing about, one thing people don't understand, social media makes uh, entrepreneurship look like glamorous and it's not. And right now mm-hmm. to this day, they um, give you highlight reels. No, seriously. Uh, to this day, you know, when things get one thing about being an actual owner, a real business owner is everything falls on you. There's the yes. risk. There's also the reward and there's the responsibility. And when things get crazy, you got to pick up the pieces. Right now, today, you know, what month are we in? We, we're getting ready to be in May, you know, of 2023. And I run my business. I have started back working as, as a nurse also, you know, and that's because things have gotten slow. Like I say, I'm very transparent. I never want people to look at me and think, oh, she's made it. She's just, I'm still growing. I'm still learning at every stage. And this is what I did in the beginning of my business. I poured my income into my business until my business was able to pay for itself. And when things get slow, that's what you have to do because you're the owner. That's right. You're the owner. That's what I'm doing right now. So I still am not getting sleep right now because I'm working as a nurse and I have to run this store because if I don't have enough employees, Guess who gotta guess who gotta put the poker face on? <laughs> Sleepy or not. Absolutely. I have to. I have to. But I'm okay with that because I'm gonna be able to teach someone else 
based on my own experiences. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to teach someone like, hey, don't quit that job yet. <laughs> you made 17 sales and you ready to write your no, 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 no. And, then, and, and always have, I don't care what nobody say, always have a plan B and a C. What I teach my daughter right now is multiple streams of income. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of things for free, but please believe everything is not. Some things that I teach, it comes with a price. Mm -hmm. Nursing, you know that comes with a price, you know. Uh, so I keep those things because one of the one of the businesses that I have may not do as good, and I'm gonna need those other two or those other three to help me pour into that one that's not doing the greatest. So always yeah. uh, think about more streams of income because one in today's world is not gonna do it. It's not. It it really never has been. It's just. Mm -hmm we were trained to get a good job. All we knew was that job. Right. That job, that job. And so I love that you have learned not only to go get it, but how to diversify. Mm -hmm. That is so very important. Mm -hmm. um, something else that you said, um, I wanted to, we're going to have to edit this out because I lost my train of thought. Uh, I got to say, I thought be on the Zoom with my account. She's texting. Oh, Okay. We can we can wrap up. Um, okay, so I'll go back and ask you about where people can find you, follow you, and support you. Okay, hold on. Let me check that right here. Yeah. Waiting on you, like girl, you was not my mother. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. I am so grateful that you were able to carve out some time and join us here on the Blowing Bubbles podcast. Um, anything big that you have coming up that you want the people to know about? Um, so we are actually gearing up for our eight year anniversary, which will be June 12th. So right now our focus is honestly, like I said, I'm very transparent, it's clearing house. We're clearing house. We're having a big sale in store and online. You can visit our website at IamLivingRich.com. We are also on social media at IamLivingRich.com. We are looking for people to share their stories. If you take a, a look on our page, on our social media page, you'll see that we have individuals that are expressing how they define their rich. So if you're someone that you know would like to do that, we will give you free merchandise and you can show the world how you define your rich. Let us know. Shoot us a DM. You can also email us at info at I am rich to show interest because we want to see people defining their rich. If you are interested in learning how to be a real owner of your business and learn how to trademark, you can uh, look up my course and learn a little bit more about the mm -hmm. course on learn.richscholars.com. If you want to just keep up with me and what I'm doing, um, building my brand, motherhood, and all that good stuff, you can follow me at Rich Girl Rhea on social media. Awesome. <laughs> That's my little early blown bubbles version of sound effects. You know, we get the little air horn. <laughs> so proud of you, cousin. Thank, Thank you so you. very much. I know you have another meeting to get to. Thank you. I look forward to all of your growth and all of your success. You and your beautiful daughter. Thank I will you, always be here to support Love you. you. Rich uh, photos too. I got to send you my images because yes. yes, I yes. love it. 
I love it. I Thank you. Always. You are amazing. Congratulations on this platform. I am excited for you. I look forward to all the wonderful interviews and you going viral. So I can say, look at my cousin. He's big like the Breakfast Club out here. <laughs> I all of that. I receive it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you it. so much. And as we always sign out, make sure y'all stay popping.